The Walk the Mile podcast is produced on Gadigal land. I acknowledge the traditional owners of the land on which Skeg Starlinghurst stands, the Gadigal people of the Eora Nation, and pay my respects to elders past and present. May our reconciliation be an ongoing process of love and compassion. I'm Gary Lee Lindsay, school chaplain at Skeggs Darlinghurst, and you're listening to Walk the Mile, a podcast that opens up conversations that we need to have. Lockdown again. So because I'm at home and because I'm doing the right thing, I'm here with two of my children, Dominic. Hello, Dominic. Hello. It's me. <laughs> and Ilona. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> this is very weird doing it with my children, first of all, doing it at home as well. But I thought today, because we're uh, in lockdown and all of you have experienced this as well in different situations good to talk about how it's been and uh, what sort of effect it's had on individuals. Dominic, tell me about yourself. You are <laughs> how old? Uh, 22. 22. And you just moved out of home last week. Yeah. You, yeah, you know that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I know I know that. <laughs> Because I helped you, and I hurt my back in the process as well. Yeah. But I'm all right now. Thank you. And you haven't moved that far away. No, I'm down the road. (laughs) (laughs) It's a two-minute drive. Um, So that's nice. That's good for us. It is. And you're the third one of my children to move out of home. Mm -hmm. There's five of them. Alona, how does it feel now to be in a house where uh, there used to be seven of us? Now we're down to four. Um, I'm going crazy. (laughs) (laughs) Save me. (laughs) Because of lockdown? No. (laughs) She's lucky with you. (laughs) We're driving each other crazy. That's true. Um, But we've all been locked down for different reasons. Dominic, you were close contact at one stage. I was. You had to hibernate, isolate. Hibernate. In your room with your partner. (laughs) It's true. And uh, what was that like? Um, We had to bring food to your door. (laughs) We had room service. Yeah, you had your own bathroom for a while. (laughs) Um, I don't know. We only had to really lock down for... Uh, isolate for 10 days because we only found out that we were close contacts four days after exposure but I honestly think that it was better than I thought not that it was a good experience necessarily but I thought that being locked in a room with my boyfriend would drive me crazy Mm. (laughs) drive us both crazy just you know like cabin fever Um, but I think it was actually really good for us and we both obviously had to um, learn to uh, you know, um, consider each other's emotions, I guess, which is normal, but I mean, in isolation, it's a bit different because, you know, 
you kind of are expecting that cabin fever mm. tension. So I think we were both very aware of that. And so it made us both very understanding. And I think we both actually grew from it. Like, I think it was really helpful. helpful. Wow, that's good, isn't it? Yeah. Because there is a fear. A lot of people talk about the lockdowns and the restrictions affecting mental health. How, mm. have, you, how have you both found that? Has it affected your mental health in different ways? Um, I think it's like hard not being able to see anyone yeah. outside of the family, especially since so many people live on like the other side of Sydney mm. or whatever. Because we're in the inner west. We live in the inner west. Um, and a lot of your friends would live where? In the east area. Right. Um, and I guess I'm kind of running out of things to do. <laughs> We've taken up crocheting. <laughs> Barely. You're a great cook. You've cooked a few cakes. You've baked cooked, a few cakes. Baked, sorry, baked a few cakes. Thank you very much. You've um, put up with my humour. Yeah. Just your humour. I, I don't know if you can call it humour. <laughs> We've been on a number of walks. Uh, but what, in terms of affecting mental health so being restricted it's hard not to see your friends so what is it that you actually feel that might be different to a normal time i think especially at the beginning of last year when it first sort of <clears throat> uh became a disaster i think it was really detrimental to a lot of people's mental health because i think you know, we'd never experienced anything like this before. And, you know, it's that uncertainty that people cannot cope with. Like, you know, that's, that's like the human condition, I suppose, is not being able to cope with uncertainty. You have to have a label for everything. You have to know, you have to have an end date for things, you know. Um, so I think like when it first started, everyone just, it just sort of, threw us all into a state of shock and um, panic because we didn't know when it was going to end or what it was going to do to us. And, you know, there was talk about it being, um, like, like severely deadly and stuff. Mm. And, you know, we, we sort of learnt about it uh, a bit more. And it is, it's still deadly, but I think we, you know, we, we, we have... Uh, a bit more information now so it's a bit more known yeah and not, not as Unknown. going yeah going into lockdown isn't as scary i think so although we've got a different variant this time too haven't we it's mm. more contagious it is more contagious which i think is a bit scary but not like not in the sense that i am frightened personally but i think it it does make me feel more responsible obligated to be safe for other people's sakes uh you know like not that i wasn't before but mm. i think you know knowing that this is so transmissible like you can pass someone in the street and catch it i think you know i feel a, a, a stronger sense of responsibility like yesterday i went to get my second covid vaccine and in the line there were people standing really close to each other and someone actually someone tried to cut in and stood between 
uh, me and the person in front so they weren't social distancing and um, you know I said hey can you please go to the back of the line because mm. A you're cutting in to there's like this is not social distancing and I don't know I think I am a bit more paranoid about social distancing now with this variant um, mm. which is good yeah for sure I think that's what you need do you think there's a difference between say us older people at my generation to your generation in the way that we see coronavirus and how how it's approached um i don't really know i think it depends on the person as mm. well because i'd say like we we have pretty similar like understanding of what the coronavirus is to you yeah but then you see all those people who not all those people but those people who are like having parties right. over a lockdown yeah. or like still just going out and acting as if everything's normal and so in that sense <coughs> I think there's a bit of a divide between like the different generations and the understanding but I also know that a lot of my friends and all my siblings um, understand it how you understand it as well Right. I think as well like <coughs> it's easy to sort of dismiss <coughs> or not dismiss but label different generations within like this COVID experience you know saying like older people are um, you know at higher risk and therefore they're um, you know more cautious and you know some people that are my age I've experienced them sort of getting confused about older mm. people being extra cautious they think it's uh, not necessary or it's you know dramatic and you know I don't agree with that <clears throat> but I think like you know it's easy to label you know older people and younger people being you know careless and stuff but I think Alona's right like it does come down to the person because you can you can put those labels on different um, groups of people but then there will always be exceptions and you know mm. especially you know <clears throat> the media loves to um, you know make a story you know, create good and evil, a good side, a bad side, so that we get hooked. Yeah. So they'll go, oh, these young people, you know, partying and, you know, spreading it around, and they do. Well, there's been a lot of that lately, hasn't there? Yeah, like there's yeah, been yeah, in terms sure. of not just age, but um, demographics, mm. so uh, where people live. Right. Uh, also between states, mm. you know. I know when Melbourne went into lockdown and people were going, oh, yeah, they're idiots because right. New South Wales did it better. Yeah. And then all of a sudden we find ourselves in a similar, maybe even worse situation. Yeah. Um, I think going back to that point about age, I think there is a difference between how we may see it and how you may see it because of the difference of experience, if that makes sense, just because... I personally feel like my younger years are wasting away kind of in isolation, <laughs> right. not being able to, mm. you know, people going all over the world and traveling when they're young and meeting new people. Yeah. And I'm kind of like, bit robbed. well, this sounds so like <laughs> dramatic, but just kind of, yeah, a bit, bit robbed and just kind of living yeah. a very monotonous Cause, life. Because you, fi you finished school in 2019 and then the year after, started university, <coughs> and 
and um, so you started university and then you had to do a lot of your courses online yeah mm. and I guess like not saying that I understand the people who are like why are old people so annoying about mm. this or whatever but I think that's probably where it comes from is the sense that they feel like they're missing out on something sure. like they're missing out on the actual experience of being like young person yeah. living with like having a job and like going to uni and all that Cause stuff because you bo- you've both had um, what sort of things have been squashed in terms of your hopes because you both thought about travelling you both yeah. thought about again as I said both of you were studying yeah work even like work. we both still have work but it's not as if it's normal yeah. well I was out of work for like a year and a half and um, I mean that was pretty hard it was good because I didn't really have anywhere to s- spend money <laughs> anyway um, but yeah things like theatre as well like you know, shows were cancelled. and Yeah, because you were doing musical theatre. Yeah. Well, I mean, when I did that uh, Les Mis earlier this year and I couldn't go into the theatre because I had a, a cough, mm. you know, like for rehearsals, stuff like that. And, you know, I think it's okay to be upset. Like, I think it is. It's okay to be upset about about these things, you know, like, you know, maybe older generations say about younger people you know like oh you know they're partying and or they're complaining about it like we just have to do it for you know the sake of society and yes that's true but everyone's you know lost something yeah and i think it's it, it's okay in fact i think it's like it's crucial to recognize that and sympathize with that because we all have lost something yeah and even if you know, even if you haven't lost a family member or a job, you know you've lost. Like Lona said, like you know your younger years, or you've lost. Maybe I have a friend who was doing professional theatre, and he was about to get his big break in a leading role, and and then it, the show got completely cancelled. So he he's lost that, and you know. So I think it's it's important to recognise that we all have lost something, and that's. Yeah, and disappointments. Yeah, no. and that's the thing is like, with the, at the beginning, it wasn't just <coughs> anxiety and and shock and um, fear, but I think it was also grief yeah. because we all had these plans, we all had just expectations of what life was, and suddenly that was thrown into the, the trash, and we didn't know what life was going to look like. Yeah. And I think that's the thing is we are. <laughs> grieving or we were grieving our normal lives and also like who would ever expect to go like to experience and live through a pandemic right. like th- i just yeah, find, that's right. i still find that so mm. weird that we're living in a pandemic right now <laughs> i think <laughs> i think i remember saying at the beginning of the pandemic you know our grandparents and stuff would talk about the war and stuff and not ex- not necessarily exciting things happening <laughs> to them but you know big global events that stopped the world and even you know 911 mm. and stuff like that like shocking disasters you know and i i thought you know <clears throat> my generation is pretty lucky to have never been experiencing that not to not to um dismiss the tragedies that have happened you mm. know like um war and famine and stuff while i've been alive 
But something like this that shocks the world and mm. stops the world, I think, you know, I, I thought at the beginning of the pandemic, like, wow, like, you know, this is, this, this is history. Like, this is stuff that will be in history books. Do you think it is more of a shock for the privileged? Maybe. I don't know. I, I think... I think it... Actually, I don't think so. I think it... it it's different. It's a different kind of shock, maybe. Mm. And I think it depends because there are people who are privileged, but they recognize their privilege, you know, and that they are, um, they are privileged. So when things are taken away from them or, uh, stuff like this happens, it's not so personal, I think. And they can be still, grateful like it, it their privilege is kind of separate from them as a person and they yeah. recognize that whereas i think there are some people who have privilege don't acknowledge it and so when things are taken away from them it's a bit more like why me yeah. like i'm just another person a regular person but it's just very like very personal but i feel like that's funny like you make two different like a division between I mean a division of privilege or mm. whatever because like we sit here and talking about our experience of coronavirus right. and we're in a lockdown for like two weeks or something <laughs> maybe more because of like how many cases are there now? I and but then you look at countries like India and like um, Indonesia even Germany was locked down for six months yeah, Brazil. Like, yeah. and it's and like we don't I feel like lots of people like it's good that we're panicking and like obviously like you were saying mm. before we're allowed to feel upset and stuff like that mm. but I can't even begin to imagine what it'd be like to live in a country right. where it is so severe and it actually you can actually feel the full effect of the right. word pandemic mm. like it is a pandemic and because for a long time there we were kind of living in a world without covid mm. and then randomly it just came back well not randomly but like that's the, got hit the again. nature of it but that's i think we're privileged in that sense that for that time we didn't have to think about it mm. we could just be onlookers and like yeah that's the thing is like people complain about when there's new restrictions like even little things like hospitality staff having to wear masks you know like i work in hospitality and sure it's uncomfortable but it's it's nothing compared to yeah like alona said to other countries and i think people forget that like australia is like the garden of eden of the world right now and we're incredibly lucky to be in the situation that we are you know it's it's not it's not that much of an imposition especially with the cost being people's lives it's i personally don't really agree with people not obeying the rules yeah, because they because they think that it's unfair like it's unfair to people who have relatives like us you know our, our grandmother was really in a lot of trouble when she had to go into a nursing home and we couldn't see her because of coronavirus at the beginning of it and like that's the cost for us and for me like it's much better that someone 
wears a mask than a family or families, lots of families, not being able mm. to see their grandparents or losing their grandparents or other family members. And, you know, even getting coronavirus and being affected, you know, getting that long-term illness. Yeah, I agree. I think we, we've got to look big picture, don't we, in terms of yeah. not just ourselves or protecting ourselves, but how we affect other people. Mm. Another one of my children just walked into the room. Jasper, come and join us, Jasper. Even for a brief moment. I just woke up. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. What's your point? <laughs> Jasper, we're just talking about how coronavirus has affected young people. You're still in the frame of young people. How old are you, Jasper? Twenty-four. And how? What sort of impact has it had on on you? You were in a you were uh, you produced a play during this time mm. or this year, and you've been acting in a play as well. How's it affected you in in what you do and just who you are? <laughs> who I am? Yeah. I just woke up. <laughs> <laughs> Think about your whole life. <laughs> what okay. is your purpose? He can join us. All right, have a think about that. I do want to go back to um, what you're saying about generations, though, because uh, there's this question that I've had for a while. <laughs> People talk about this woke culture, and I still don't understand <laughs> it. I still don't get it. I have never heard this term before. Have Haven't you? Heard the word woke. I, no, I have, but not woke culture. Like I get. I can get it from the, the I can get the basic meaning of the words, but I've never heard that term work culture before. I don't think many people say. I think Dad's the only person that I've ever heard say culture. <laughs> well, how do you say it? You just say it like. That's so oh, woke. That's so woke. Dude. And what does that mean? Okay, what does work mean from Google? <laughs> from Google. Some people say being woke is a sign of awareness to social issues. Others whip it out, whip out the term as an insult. So I think you can say it like <laughs> sarcastically, like, "Oh, that's I don't so know, woke like, of you, man!" Like I don't know, that was weird. Or like, like if someone like picks up a piece of rubbish off the street, right, and like, it's like, "Oh, you're so woke!" Like mockingly. For, so yeah, to be like, involved in social issues. So what Dominic was saying before, in terms of the coronavirus <laughs> and and being more aware, or as I asked you. Has your generation got a different approach? Do you think that wokeness, if that's a common thing, do you think that affects the way that people have looked at this? Like, like even from a global point of view? I think, like, yes, but at the same time, I think to use your term, wokeness, <laughs> isn't necessarily <laughs> something exclusive to our generation. It just is a word that we've... we've um, um, taken on taken on to describe like decency and compassion why do you think it's come forward in your generation why do you think that I think social media I think social media and I also think well yeah I think that's a big driver of it but I also think like so many issues are coming to surface with age and it's like well someone needs to do something about it I was actually just thinking about it. It's kind of strange that over this past year that um, coronavirus has kind of existed, 
how many political issues yeah. have come to surface. Well, not surface, maybe resurface. And how, I guess in that sense, coronavirus has been a woke period. Not for the idea of, um, like, coronavirus. People are like, wow, I wear a mask, I'm so woke. But, like, more people getting involved in mm. social issues and political issues. There seems to be more of a community around it, around, like, <clears throat> social, like, um awareness like i reckon there's more of a community around awareness on social media now like you will see frequently on people's stories at least on my instagram i will see stories about social issues regularly um and post them and i think you know some people can say oh just sharing things on instagram is not the same as taking action and I think, you know, I understand where that comes from. And I think to an extent, yes, like if you're only sharing things on Instagram, maybe <laughs> you could, you know, be um, at least thinking about the things that you share or mm. uh, having discussions about them. But at the same time, I know personally there have been multiple times that I've seen a story on a friend's um, Instagram account and it's educated me. You know, so I think sharing these posts actually is important because it reaches many people. Like that's how that's how social media works. Is that's why it's so powerful? Is because it's got such a broad reach because so many people engage with each other. When you, when you think about the issues that are important to you, why are they important to you? Like because there's so many issues out there. What makes them important to you? I think personally, I just get really like riled up about like injustice and that probably comes from a place of trauma because <laughs> of but, yes, what happened in your family yeah when i wasn't allowed to play the xbox for longer than 45 minutes <laughs> that's privilege <laughs> no but i think it is for me injustice really really like upsets me and i think as well uh, the whole like concept of you know like wolf in sheep's clothing or people presenting themselves in a way that they might not actually uh be is something that really frustrates me um and also like i guess intrigues me in a way you know like when you have friends who say like i've heard people in a musical that i was in in a dressing room i heard some guys like you know they were making misogynist com comments and you know objectifying women and stuff and I said to them like do you think that this is funny and they stopped talking about it and they're like oh sorry and I talked about it with one of the guys in the car after and he was like yeah I don't know why I I don't know why I did that I don't know why I said that it's just like social pressure or I don't know I, and, you know, to an extent, I can understand that. Um, so, you know, I, I hear people say things that are unjust or that are uh, misogynist or racist. And I think to myself, like, why would they say that? Mm. Surely they don't... It doesn't just come from a place of hate. Like, surely there's something that makes them say that. I think from the other side of that, like, mm. being a woman... 
I think, well, something that I'm very passionate about is, like, feminism yeah, and for stuff sure. like that. And it's kind of like, it's literally doing the bare minimum. Just respecting right, people is right. doing the bare minimum. Like, pe- when people um, use gay as an insult, also, mm. like, just words like that. The, the R word. Yeah. Like, why must you? It's... It's so unnecessary. <coughs> and the thing... And it, yeah, like, it's not essential to right, what you're trying to say. Exactly. And people say, you know, like, please do not use the R word or, you know, um, they they keep... They reclaim words and people go, oh, that's silly. Like, why, why should we have to change the way that we speak to accommodate these people? And the thing is, first of all because you're a human living in a world with other humans and that's what how it works they respect you you respect them second of all how does it impact your life to not use this offensive word mm. like it, yeah. it's not that hard and it's really it's not a cost literally doing the bare minimum right. i just don't understand that it's just it's just it it is really confusing to me and that you know people do that they say that they say oh, why should we have to not use that word? And that sort of thing makes me stop and think, where are these people coming from? Yeah, and right. why are they thinking this way? Because there must be something that makes them not want to help other people or be compassionate towards other people. And is it easy to have those conversations in your generation? Because I think what you are saying before, Dominic, you know, giving that example of um, the people in the theatre and... Mm. In the dressing room. In the dressing room. And you're talking about how you, uh, you know, post things on social media. Mm. And so it actually creates a conversation. Yeah. And the conversation can be helpful about any sort of situation. It seems to me like there are more conversations about these issues than maybe there were in my generation. We talk about what was in the newspaper, but Mm. it was just like an observation rather than a... Than anything else. Mm-hmm. But do you think? Do you think it's? Um, yeah. Do you think it's easier amongst your generation to talk about those things, or do you think it's easy just to talk about those things? Like, or are there certain people you think, oh, there's no way I would raise that. <laughs> <laughs> no, That's our Frankie. Cat, Frankie. <laughs> <laughs> what's your What's your two cents? <laughs> <laughs> he wants to join the conversation amongst the cat community amongst the feline community <laughs> um i think yes to an extent because you know social media has sort of social media has already put that conversation in your head in everyone's head in mm. our generation so it's sort of already there there's already a bit of dialogue that can be picked up and sort of um used uh, so I know, I know. For me, there's people that I've had conversations <coughs> with or raised things that mm. are a little bit touchy, and, they, and never spoken to them again. Right. Or they've, they've, you know, or they've silenced me. So right. I've said, "What's why not? What's wrong with that?" Yeah. And then they, they just don't say anything. Yeah. Okay. Have you ex- had experience of that sort of thing? Because it seems to me like, not generally, it's a big generalisation, but amongst your culture, you can talk about these things. People might get angry. I think it depends on the person. I know that, like, if I spoke to someone who didn't necessarily... 
I think it also depends on what you're talking about. Right. Like if I said like, oh, I think you know what I'm I trying think to you're say? trying to say that like often people have discussions about these issues, but instead of it actually being a discussion where people can reconcile and sort of uh, listen to each other and consider different perspectives, it's just sort of a barrage of of opinions because it becomes accusative or. I, I, I think people get defensive. I think yeah, it, right. it, people hear, uh, you, you know, if if someone, <laughs> if if you tell someone that, hey, I actually think differently to you, I think a lot of people hear that as you're wrong, this is wrong, and this is why you're wrong. Whereas I think, you know, it, it's it's it might not be that might not be actually what the conversation was meant to be. It might actually be a bit more open and say, hey, that's a really interesting perspective mm. because this is what I think. So, like, how do they sort of... Those two opinions, how do they interact with each other and what does that mean for each other's in- opinions? And so I think people just get defensive because they... they um, or they might get defensive because they see it maybe as a personal attack of their own opinions, beliefs... Um, uh, morals, you know. I'm I'm back and I'm ready to talk. <laughs> He's waking up. Um, I th- yeah, I agree. I think that people do get defensive, and I think it comes from. It also comes from this place of having to do the work, having to tell people, educate people, for however long, like all of the previous however long these issues have been a thing which may have been forever and so now that people are having these conversations they're quite still having these conversations they're quite exhausted by them and so um, now that there's all these resources out on the internet uh, to have to keep doing this work and keep putting yourself through this process which can be quite traumatic of explaining you know your identity or a certain issue that affects you in a in a nuanced personal way and then not being guaranteed that the person you're talking to will come out the other end being like oh i understand we'll respect that yeah so it's just like so making yourself vulnerable yeah and people have had to make themselves vulnerable mm. about very personal, very intense <coughs> subjects for the benefit of the other person for so long. <coughs> and so now it's just this... I think as well, like, especially last year when the Black Lives Matter movement uh, sort of exploded on... Well, particularly on social media, um, I think that is a good example because, you know... They uh, social media started being littered with posts about systemic racism and how even if you're not racist, particularly you know in an abusive or verbal way or um, anything like that, you still benefit from racist systems. Mm. And I think a lot of people maybe uh, were educated about that, and as privileged people who weren't, you know, a um, racial minority they felt guilty or they felt Mm. attacked or they felt 
cornered or, or vilified. And so people had to be vulnerable and say, you know what, actually, I do benefit from, these, from this systemic racism and I agree that it's wrong. Even though I benefit from it, I know that it's not okay for me to be privileged because of the colour of my skin or because of the way I look. So I think that's a good example of like what Jasper's talking about where, mm. you know, people have to be vulnerable, like mm. from the other side, I suppose. Throughout history, young people have wanted to be heard. Mm. Now, there is a bit more of a platform for young people to be heard. So you have Greta, what's her name? Greta Thunberg. Thunberg and Malala. <laughs> Malala, why are you laughing? What's her name? Malala. It is Malala. Yeah. Yeah, and so here's these young people standing up and having a platform, whereas it wouldn't have happened. Mm. Might have happened to some respects, but you know, it would have been very different. I think with social media, it creates more of a community for people to feel like they aren't alone in their feelings and thoughts. So like. I guess particularly in the LGBTQ plus community, I guess not recently, but I think with social media, more people have become more comfortable Mm. with their sexuality and like um, how they identify. And I think people have become more comfortable with other people's sexuality as well. And back to your point about young people being heard. And uh, then maybe not young people not getting the choice, I mean, the chance to be heard in the past. I think maybe as well that goes back to privilege and how people with privilege uh, might find it harder to accept change. Um, so, like with older people, you know, sometimes I find myself um, stereotyping older people as. <laughs> you know, like homophobic or racist, which isn't necessarily um, my belief, but I just, you know, sort of find myself uh, doing it in saying things and passing comment and stuff. But I think that's, that could be where that comes from. You know, older people in the past, they had to respect the people who are older than them. Mm. You know, that was sort of how it went is the older people were wiser and they had their opinions and they taught you they were the mm. teachers they children had to be seen and not heard right they were the followers the children were followers and i think you know they made the rules they said you know uh same-sex couples are strange and you know they said people who don't look like us aren't like us and so i think now you know with social media being so powerful the older generation, of course, they're going to feel cornered or or guilty, maybe even, when this younger generation is saying, actually, I'm not sure that this is the right way to be living and living with other people. Like, we're not respecting other people. And so if I were an older person and I heard someone say that or that was across the internet, of course I would feel, I would feel attacked or I'd feel guilty... And then again, maybe that would trigger that defense and go, oh, young young people are horrible or stupid or this, that, the other. Um, 
so yeah i think that's a privilege you know you don't have to be wealthy to have privilege mm, that's right privilege just to have a voice to have rights right have. exactly um probably need to finish soon it's been a good conversation <laughs> but just to finish with do you, are you guys worried about your future should we, be? <laughs> Should we be? Should we be? Were you about to yes. tell us? No, yeah. no, no, I I'm, I'm joking, I'm joking. I uh, am. Me too. Especially <laughs> What are the things you're worried about? Yeah, sorry. The climate. I'm oh, terribly yeah. scared for me that. Too. The ocean caught on fire this week. How does that work? <laughs> Someone yeah. explain. Mm. It's a it's, bit of a mess. And yeah. The thing is, you know, what was that David Attenborough thing on, on Netflix? I watched it and it... It talked about what needs to be done in order to save the planet. Yeah, it gets me angry because it, it's it's like it has to change, and yet. So what? So if they're the things that you are worried about, what are the things that you put your hope in? To young finish people. off with, <laughs> young people changing it. So your generation changing things. Well, sadly, I think. Well, it, I'm not hopeful that our generation ha- like will have the responsibility to change it. Like, I'm hoping that older people will start acting now. Right. But I'm hoping that by the time that like young people are older, mm-hmm. <laughs> there will be a bit of difference. And like, even hope that like one day we could all have our own families, and it would not be a question of whether or not it's actually ethical to bring children into <laughs> right, this world. Right. I think, for me, I put hope in uh, compassion and uh, emotional intelligence because mm-hmm. I think that's what it takes to do things like invest in renewable energy, right? Because, like, why... Like, it's, it's all business otherwise, you mm. know what I mean? Like, and the thing is, renewable energy is profitable. Like, just, I don't know. I'm so sure there's emo- more Emotional about. intelligence in terms of understanding having some sort of feeling for the yeah, environment. And yeah. understanding why people have these feelings and what it actually means mm. for society. You know, and like having that critical thinking. What about you, Jasper? What do you put your hope in? Hello again. <laughs> He's back. Um, I put my hope in myself because, yeah. I was like, I left and came back. I was like, how long have I been doing this for? I put my hope in myself because I think during the last year, I've learned things and I feel like I've changed and become more of a socially aware person. And I feel like if that can happen for me, than it can happen for anyone. Like there's like I don't really have anything that stands out. There's not really any barriers, but I feel like I'm in the, a, the same position as a lot of young people. Like I, I a lot of my friends are in similar positions to me um, in terms of like socioeconomic privilege and place and stuff. So I feel like if I can have sort of awakening and try to be more socially conscious and like I've I've become more aware of donating and I want to do more and actively Mm. trying to do more I feel like that's something that can happen in a lot of people in my 
yeah. social mm. groups and so I feel like there are heaps of people <coughs> throughout this country and maybe around the world that that's happened for as well and that can happen for or that happened for ages ago so I just feel like if, so doing if I'm doing the, the work then it must mean other people are doing the work just trying to make a difference very true yeah. it's also that kind of reminds me of the point that like the little things do count right. like the smallest things using like a reusable straw does count mm. taking your own grocery bags Using fabric masks. Like yeah. Unpacking the dishwasher. Um, <laughs> doing your own laundry. No. No, no, no. Wrong topic. Not for the household. For the... Sorry. For the... Being nice okay. to your children. Yeah. Like. Not being passive, aggressive. Okay, I think we've run out of time. <laughs> <laughs> but thank you, Lona, Dominic, Jasper, for being part of this. Might have to do another bit, one with you, Jasper, in and out. That's just me. We can talk about uh, <laughs> all the stuff you can talk about. <laughs> <laughs> all the stuff you can talk about. Yeah. <laughs> uh, thank you. It's good to have this conversation. And um, once again, if you've got any feedback about anything that was said today, if we have, if we have any feedback, yeah, no, I'm not sure yet. we all have feedback. <laughs> any feedback? Yeah, I'm us. sure you'll give me plenty of feedback. Uh, or if you'd like to. Join me. I'm talking about anything at all. I'm most looking forward to hearing from you. So, see you later. Until the next episode. Bye. See you Bye. Later. Exit music. <laughs>